It's time for a smashing cast from the present. Produced by Michael, the Exo Paradigm Gamer. Consulted by Haydox, the uh, Haydox. Supervised by Ryan, the Rye Rule. And directed by Dan, the King K. It's the Unversed cast. Greetings and welcome back, gentles and ladiesmen, to another fantastic episode of Unversed Cast. I'm Michael. Um, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm already lost. Uh, hey, what's going on? What's going on, Haydox? Did you forget your name again? Yeah. What's my name? Bill. Paul Ironblade. Bill. Oh, oh my gosh, y'all. I was, Recruit I was late. Pushes. More can pips. I can I tell the story of why I was late to this? <laughs> yes. yes, you Go may. ahead, please do. All right. So I was at the gym and I was getting a smoothie. Uh, I haven't gotten one in a long time, so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna treat myself today. You know, I was writing an treat essay about Tocqueville. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> and a stranger named Bill, kind of looking like Sid from Ice Age. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh <-oh. laughs> Which is a compliment. Sid is a very sexy sloth. Um, okay. So Sid Bill comes over to me and he says, "My beautiful boy, I've lost him. I've lost him. He's in an arena known as the." <laughs> and bleep that out, Michael. By the way, bleep out all mention of that word because people might locate my location. Yeah, you know. I'll do that. Um, <laughs> so Bill says, "I must find my son. I've lost him." And I say, "I will escort you." I Bill. traveled halfway across the ocean looking for my son. So I stood there with Bill, my new lover, as we got the smoothie. Then I was introduced to his wife, Karen, and well. Karen and I just sort of hit it off, and we walked to the place, and I said my goodbye, and as I left, Bill had a little twinkle in his ojo, and then I grasped <laughs> his hand, and I said, don't leave, Bill. Don't ever leave. And that's the end of the story, so I was late. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a fantastic ending. That's the best story I've ever heard. It's a better, it's a better love story than Twilight. Uh, mm. Anyways, we're, we're back with more unverse cast action charged with sexual tension and um as we are prone to be so uh it's been a while it's been a while and <laughs> and uh recently i don't know what do we want to talk about today we're going to continue the marion retrospective or are we just going to do something different today we can either do the 2018 recap or do um mario galaxy 2 uh, well, well, Ryan still needs to finish the game, so how about we do the recap today? Yeah. We could sure. organize it, like, we could talk about a game that most of us is, have played, and then sort of section it like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, sure. we can look at some big releases from 2018, so let's, I'll go ahead and pull <coughs> it up. Uh, uh, Hadox, why don't you kick us off? Uh, actually, wait, before we do... Uh, we gotta do our fan fiction. Yeah, we gotta, so we... this time we're going with a bit of a classic. <laughs> Anybody who is a fanfic Torian knows about this fan fiction. Uh -huh. It's called My Immortal. The disclaimer says, I did not write this. The infamous worst fan fiction ever posted here. Unedited for your quote unquote lols. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Oh, no. By Tara Gillespie. Rated M for the... Then he put his thingy into my you-know-what and we did it for the first time line. There is one... There's <laughs> oh, more than oh, one boy. chapter per page. So... We were probably <laughs> gonna kick it off with chapters one and two. If you oh. would like to turn your fanfiction.net to that page. Oh uh, boy. Oh, and, uh, oh, 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 oh boy. Whoever oh, would like God. to start. It's called. It isn't called Uncle Mike's Fanfic Corner for nothing. All right, and. Chop, chop, boy, let's go. Special special fangs, get it cause I'm gothic to my GF, you not in that way, Raven, bloody tears 666, for helping me with the story and spelling. You rock, Justin, you're the love of my depressing life, you rock too. MCR rocks. Hi, my, my name... <laughs> uh, you know what? That's going to set the tone for the fucking fanfiction. Let's fucking go. I'm down. Okay. Fucking read away. Hi, my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia <laughs> Raven Way. And I have long ebony black hair. That's how I got my name. With purple streaks and red tips that reaches by mid back and icy blue oh. eyes like limpid tears. And a lot of people Ooh, tell me. Hardy. And a lot of people tell me I look like Amy Lee, who is the lead singer of Evanescence. In case you didn't know. <laughs> And if you don't know, and speaking of which, My Immortal was a song by Evanescence, so that's probably where they got the title. If you don't know who she is, get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish it was because he's a major fucking hottie. You wish you were related to someone who was hot? That's you weird. You know, some people are into that shit. I'm if a vampire. Anything, is that incest is definitely a fucking thing. Yeah, look I'm up a vampire. for everybody at home. I want you to look up Marge X Bart. <laughs> <laughs> and while you're at it, look up Haydog's ex Machamp. Alright, anyways, I'm a vampire, but my teeth are straight and white. I have pale white skin. I'm also a mostly... I'm sorry, I, I almost read that as I'm yeah. also a mostly black. I'm also a witch, <laughs> and I go to a high magic school called Hogwarts in Where? England. Oh. Well, I accidentally, I accidentally <laughs> skipped a line. That's what happened. <laughs> I go to Hogwarts in England where I'm in the seventh year. I'm 17. I'm a goth, in case you couldn't tell, and I wear mostly black. I love <laughs> Hot Topic. I, I could not tell at all. I love Hot Topic, and I buy all my clothes from there. For example, today I was wearing a black corset with matching lace around it and a black leather miniskirt, pink fishnets, and black combat boots. Those was pink fishnets. I was wearing black lipstick, white foundation, black eyeliner, Holy and red fuck. eyeshadow. I was walking outside Hogwarts. It was snowing and raining, so there was no sun, and that, which I was very happy about. A lot of preps stared at me. I put up my <laughs> middle finger at them. <laughs> yeah, you get him, girl. Mm. Hey, Ebony. Hey, Ebony. Shouted a voice. I looked up. It was Draco Malfoy. <laughs> What's up, Draco? I asked. <laughs> Nothing, he said shyly. But then I heard That's my, my friend. line. <laughs> okay, you could be Malfoy. But then I heard my friends call me, and I had to go away. Is it good? Please, pools, tell me, Fangs. Chapter 2. Oh my gosh. Fangs 2, <laughs> Bloody Tears 666, for helping me with with the chapter. BTW, peep, stop flaming my story, okay? 
The next day I woke up in my bedroom. It was snowing and raining again. I opened the door of my coffin and drank some blood from a bottle I had. My coffin was black ebony and inside it was hot pink velvet with black lace on the ends. I got out of my coffin and took off my giant MCR t-shirt, which I used for pajamas. <laughs> Instead, I put on a black leather dress, a pentagram necklace, combat boots, and black fishnets Combat on. boots. I put on four pairs of earrings in my pierced ears and put my hair in a kind of messy bun. My friend Willow, Raven disses you, woke up and then grinned at me. She flipped her long waist length raven black hair with pink streaks and open up her forest green eyes she put on her marilyn manson t-shirt with a black mini fishnets and pointy high-heeled boots we put on our oh makeup God. black lipstick white foundation and black <laughs> liner omfg i saw you talking to draco malfoy yesterday <laughs> she said excitedly yeah so i said blushing do you like draco she asked as we went out of the slytherin common room and into the great hall no, I so fucking don't! I shouted. Yeah, right! She exclaimed. Just then, Draco walked up to me. Hi. He said. Hi! I replied, Flurry. Guess what? <laughs> Sorry. He said, Guess what? What? I asked. Well, good Charlotte are having a concert in Hogsmeade. He told me. Hogsmeade. Oh my fucking god! I screamed. I love GC. They're my favorite band besides MCR. Well, do you want to, uh, I don't know, go with me? He asked. I gasped. <gasps> I can't. Oh my. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, good lord. I can already tell this is going to be an amazing little, little thing. So, uh, is that all we're going to read for today? I think or. that's a good taste. That's a good taste. <laughs> oh, God. Short and sweet and to the point. Uh, all these My Chemical Romance references in here. <sighs> well, uh, sometimes it'd be like that. <laughs> sometimes I get the feeling he's watching over me. And other times I feel like I should go. Yep. So that's that's all we got for uh, today. So you could Ryan, you could think of today's fan fiction like a bee sting. It was painful, but it was quick. Uh, uh, excuse me. So now that we're done, uh, we can move on to the main event. We're going to talk about 2018 and gaming in 2018 as we get towards the end of the year here. Knowing me, this will probably take forever to get up uh, uploaded. Uh, so, yeah, that's why you know, it's good so we start now. A pill for that. Mm -hmm. So, hey gamers, yeah, <laughs> how do you do, my fellow gamers? Uh, so, lots of video games came out this year, and mm -hmm. most of them were pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. So, hey, docs, uh, can I get an amen for the people in the back? For the gamers in the back? <laughs> For my fellow gamer Americans? <laughs> We're not you gamer Canadians. Fuck you guys! Whoa. Whoa, we're, that's we're gonna some get gamer some... nationalism. Yeah, we're gonna have Liam Triforce and TGX all up in here. Uh, Sad. So... I, um... We could, we could do this in several ways. Mm. We could just throw a random game out there and discuss it, mm. or we could go chronologically for the games that came out. It really doesn't yeah, matter to me. Yeah, let me pull up 
I know the first big one. The first big one would be Monster Hunter World, I believe. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so you're correct. And then after that, will be like that. That's the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Victory theme. <laughs> Wait, so does this have like every fucking game that came out this year? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I'd emphasize the fucking. That's important. <laughs> okay. Um, so, how many of you played. Or actually, um, we could we could talk about Celeste and Iconoclast first. Yeah, let's talk about Iconoclasts. I haven't yeah. played it yet, so boys, go right ahead. Yeah, Iconoclast right. is really good. Uh, yes. If if there is a theme for this year, and I've been bringing this up in on Twitter over and over again, the theme of 2017 for me was disappointment. Like, being hyped for things, then they came out, and they're like... I didn't like them, or there was something <clears throat> that I didn't like about them, and I was disappointed. Whereas the theme of 2018 was games I didn't know I wanted surprising me, and, you know, being really enjoyable. And so, Iconoclasts to me was like the start of that trend, which was, it was a game that I think had, was it crowdsourced or crowdfunded, I mean? I don't think so. Okay, so it was just a passion project by Mr. Joachim Sandberg, a.k.a. Konjak, or Konjak, I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, and it's it's a Metroidvania, but it's a very puzzle-focused Metroidvania, and a really fun one, uh, where you play it, and what, what's especially great about it is the world-building in Iconoclasts, mm. and the way that it sort of comments on religion, specifically, and civil society. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so King K, you were the one who shared hmm. it with all of us. Uh, where did, where did you hear about the game and, and stuff? Uh, he emailed me a review code for it. That's oh. how I figured out about it. Cause other than that, I didn't really know what it was. <clears throat> oh, and so I, I was like, why not? And if I like it, then I, maybe I'll make a video snap quick. And I liked it. So I made a video snap quick. And I recommended it to everybody I knew because it was great. Yeah. Um. So, hey, Docs, did you play Iconoclasts? Um. I didn't finish it yet because of another game we'll probably discuss after this. Oh, okay. Celeste. Um. But the the setting is really interesting to me. Um. In terms of the religious authority, the one concern. Mm -hmm. Like um. That. Another game tried a religious cult thing, which came in the form of Far Cry 5. That was a weird way to structure that sentence. <laughs> but um, Far Cry 5 tried really hard to discuss the implications of a theological society. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really lacking because it just came down to bad guy is bad because he's bad. But this mm -hmm. was, to me at least, the little bit of that I played... It, it. Do we want to? I guess we can. It, is it a spoiler to say that the guy when he's killed? Do you know what I'm talking about? Which guy? The father, Robin's father. Oh yeah. I mean that happens at like the beginning. You know that right away. Yeah. I like yeah. that because <clears throat> it gives you a personal stake in the story. Other than Far Cry Five, which is you're assigned to take care of this religious cult. So you have some personal mm -hmm. investment in it. 
you know? Yeah. And Elro works for the one concern, and um, so, I don't know. They, they get sentenced That's, to death. Wait a minute. This is a weird segue, but like, I was, <laughs> this is really weird, but Elro, Elro is the reason, I was playing Minish Cap last night, uh -huh. he's the reason I kept calling, I kept calling the hat Elro, oh, and as well. every time I looked at it, every time I looked at him, I'm like, that's not his name, is it? But I kept calling him Elro, and I think it's because of Iconoclast. Oh, and by the way, in case, for those in the audience who don't know, like an Iconoclasm, it, like specifically, there was an Iconoclasm in Constantinople uh, when uh, Islam took over in place of the uh, Byzantine Christians. So a bunch of Christian iconography was destroyed, and whenever that happens, that's called an iconoclasm. So it's called iconoclasts because it's like, you know, people going against the religious authority, essentially. Yes. And uh, and I, I also thought it was really interesting, like, uh, because there are two kind of major societies depicted in iconoclasts. There are the uh, Isi, Isai? Can't remember the 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 uh, the one concern calls them pirates, but they're they have an actual name. I think it's EC or something like that. And um, they have a religion of ancestor worship, which is actually very common in many Eastern societies. Whereas you look at the one concern, and it echoes more of of a Western, very hierarchical religion, kind of like uh, the Roman Catholic Church. It's kind of an interesting juxtaposition, you know, like the real world's uh, being reflected in video games That stuff is all great about it But the thing that really drew me in Were how the character journeys were handled Yeah in that Without going into specifics Some characters just don't Get happy conclusions Like Yeah It's really Interesting to me because they you kind of expect things to go a certain way and then they don't like you just end on kind of like a, a sour note which is in a good way kind of but like because i i thought things were gonna be fine and everyone was gonna be okay but some characters just are, are gonna be like in an eternal depression kind of deal like yeah it's hard to talk about this without spoiling the ending but yeah there's one character in particular who has who seems to be headed on the right way to becoming a better person and um, overcoming their weaknesses, but, you know, they die. And they, f they fail at the moment of truth, and it was actually really upsetting. And you're forced... Yeah. I can't spoil it, but there's part... Uh, I, I wish I could talk more about it. Go play this video game. Go buy it. It's on Switch. It's on... PS4, it's on PC. I know what you're about to talk about. It's like a moment of gameplay resonance where you have to like do a thing that you don't want to do. Yeah. Kind of. And it's upsetting. <laughs> oh. And I also have to say this. Agent Black is one of the best secondary antagonists I've seen in a game in a long yeah. time. And it's one of those... It's, it's, it's a Iconoclast is a game where you appreciate little details on a second playthrough. Like, at first you don't really know why Asian Black is such a cranky bitch, but if you've played the whole- and there are some parts where she's fucking brutal! Like, there's a part where she fucking rips someone's arm out of their socket in full pixelated glory. 
and you're like, what's yeah. this lady's deal? And then you find out later in the game, and then when you play it over again and read some of the dialogue again, you're like, oh, now I understand. So I, yeah. th I really appreciated that. That's what drew me in, because like otherwise it's a pretty, I mean, it's Metroidvania, but like you kind of get what you pay for in that regard. Like it's, yeah. it doesn't do anything particularly like innovative for well, the genre, I actually, but it just has. I would say that it does, uh, and that it's so puzzle focused. Uh, yeah, that is true. Most uh, Metroidvanias, and this is kind of why, like, I love Metroid a lot, but part of my problem with other Metroidvanias is that they don't give me the same high, if that makes any sense. Like, when I play Castlevania, you know, the level design is, like, so open, but there's, like, nothing to discover beside, besides, like, RPG element kind of stuff, like armor that gives you slightly better whatever and completing the map isn't all that satisfying whereas in a metroid game every room could house a potential secret and that's fun to me what i liked about iconoclast is that it wasn't trying to be that it was tr it, like it has some exploration elements but you have to go find a key there or go get some item there and my least favorite yeah. part of the game actually is the um i can't remember the name of it but it's like a tower that you find in a forest that has like a of course that's my favorite place <laughs> that's your favorite place <laughs> yes uh, I, even when i was playing it like a second time i was like so annoyed I that i couldn't figure out where I don't to go remember the game super well <laughs> bear in mind the last time i played it is the day it came out practically which was actually a year ago now like 11 months mm -hmm. so i i'm a little foggy on the details but I remember that place stands out in my mind because I'm a masochist, of course, and <laughs> I like all the things that everybody else hates. I remember the tower True. because I got lost in it. Yes. I love feeling lost in places and trying to worm my way out of them uh, because I'm a masochist. But that's why I love that place. I can't remember specifically how it was laid out, but it mm -hmm. something about it. Plus, I love the world building going on in it because you get a yeah. glimpse into the one concern lifestyle kind yeah, of like the, it's really fucked it's really fucked up yeah there's some pe there are people in that tower that you meet and it's like when you learn more about them and what they are in the context of the one concern it was like wow yeah um yeah and uh, i don't want to spoil the ending but the ending was really nice and then it left a lot of things up to interpretation uh, where it didn't kind of like yeah. flat out spell out what was happening um, and you kind of have to pay attention uh, or kind of analyze what you're seeing and draw your own conclusions uh, and I appreciated that and like Kinkai said it kind of just ends on a somber note like people people in this yeah. game fucking die and they don't get their happy ending and yeah and, and the music's great too. I think Joaquin Sandberg did the music as well, and it's 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 a great soundtrack. There's, <laughs> there's a song that plays at the end for a character who is, we'll just say that he is crippled severely mm -hmm. in a way, but he still trudges on anyway, even Can though you? he has a even though he has an extremely nihilistic outlook at that point. Yeah, but he's that. There's a moment where he gets a boss fight. And the music during that, I love it so much. 
Can yeah, you I love post the moment. that? I love the... If I can find it, I don't remember what it's called, but there's a, like... That entire moment with his character, where you have to play out part of mm -hmm. that stuff, is just... I love that. Yeah. Yeah, Iconoclast is great. I, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite games of the year. And thank you, King K, for recommending it. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that I gave it a chance, because I might not have. Because mm -hmm. I get some review code that I'm just not able to devote time to. Mm -hmm. And mm. I can't imagine if I, like, if I had forgotten, like, if I just didn't play it because there were other things going on, then it, nobody else I know would have brought it to me. And it just would have gone into the wayside forever, probably. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's, that's one game discussed. Uh, so <laughs> next we, we gotta move on. I, I have a feeling that uh, there's a certain other pixel art platformer that came out this year that you guys are going to want to talk it's, about. Which is probably the reason that Iconoclast got buried a little bit. Yeah. yeah, Because the hotness at that time was Celeste. Mm. Yes. And, I mean, not unfairly deserved. I mean, Celeste is pretty great, so if, if the way that this works is that one of them had to get the spotlight, I mean, it's cruel, but at least Celeste got its dues, you know? Because mm -hmm. yeah. I really love Celeste. I still haven't even beaten it, and I'm probably going to put it in my game of the year list anyway, because it's just made such an impression already. Mm. I go at it at my own pace, because it's really hard. <laughs> like, it's really hard. Yeah. And... But I think the cool thing is that the game kind of encourages that, because it's all about... It's... I'm trying to word this in a good way. It's about dealing with anxieties and other things that you kind of, especially at a young age, you, you deal with a lot. So it's, there's a moment in it where you have to alleviate a panic attack by floating a feather. Yeah. You have to like make the feather float in the box. And it's just, it's a really cool moment because you focus so much on the feather that you almost forget what's going on until it's over. So it's a really good way to like deliver that kind of a message. Like the entire game is mostly about accepting that part of you and stuff. Yeah. And it's really accommodating, which is nice because it is really hard, but there's they have an assist mode that doesn't feel condescending. Like it tells you that like the way that it words it to you is that it's not necessarily the way that the game was designed, but like nobody's gonna look down on you if you use this mode where you can kind of like, they give you a lot of options too, like you can, I think you can customize like how many jumps you get or like how much health you have or something like that. Um, it's really cool. I, like, There's not a whole lot to say about it other than it's a well-designed platformer in the same vein as stuff like Super Meat Boy and... Uh, what else is out there? I, There's another I, one. I want to add something to that, though, King K. Yeah, because yeah. I think Celeste truly does stand out from the plethora of indie platformers in that its soundtrack is probably one of the most interesting in the that particular sort of style that, that I've heard in a long time. Um, yeah sort of that bumping like sort of synth like sound i really love that the composer deserves a lot yeah. of props for that 
And secondly, in terms of the story, in in terms of the the fact that the story isn't supposed to be taken entirely literally, it's composed yeah. like a gigantic metaphor that I think is interesting to think about. And a lot of games I find usually take the literal route to tell their stories and it's refreshing to have a story that's painted as this metafiction that has alternate meanings that the game does explicitly tell you about later on but you can deduce the meanings for yourself and like that that scene where you have to dispel a panic attack and the fact that you're climbing a mountain there's a lot of metaphorical implications to the entire plot that I love. Mm -hmm, and yeah. the gameplay. The gameplay, by the way, is fantastic. The How they use that dash mechanic and just, like, in such interesting ways, too. The aesthetic of it, too, like, the visuals, the music, the gameplay, the plot, it's all there into one... It morphs into this one cohesive fantastic package that I haven't experienced from an indie, an indie platformer in a long time. I think I'm, I'm gonna I'm going on a bit of a rant here I guess. Hashtag gamer rants but uh, the last game the last platformer rather that I played that made me feel good about playing it and that I didn't waste my time was Shovel Knight and that mm -hmm. was like 2015 or so. So it was nice to play this game. Shoutouts to Ah Beef for recommending it. No problem, yeah. Handax. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I'm a Beef. I, I post shit posts on my Twitter. I'm not responsible for my content on Twitter.com. Sound like Paul Feig. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I knew he would be funny, but I didn't know he was going to be that funny. That's Paul Feig. Anyways, okay. uh, they gotta, we gotta move on. King K, I know you really liked this one. Uh, Dragon Ball <laughs> Fighter Z. Oh, yeah. I, I completely forgot about that game, actually. That's kind of funny. I mean, like, here's the thing. It's really great. The art style and the animation is, like, mm -hmm. one of the best-looking games of that kind of style that I've ever seen probably like because it's I think they're they're technically 3D models but they look 2D yeah like, it's cell shading <laughs> it's kind of insane it's it's um that's what really drew it that's what really drew the game to me because I don't like fighting games really so I'm kind of surprised I even got into it at all but it was really the art style because it <laughs> It may, I have a sort of nostalgia for Dragon Ball Z, even though I never really watched it. Yeah. But, like, I always kind of admired it from afar, because I just like the the designs, I guess. Yeah, like and... the... the like, he's, <clears throat> like he's saying, the visual design in this game is really strong. It looks like you're playing the anime. Yeah. I guess the problem with it for me is that because I'm not into fighting games, even for something this intriguing it just gets old after a while because i i don't have the time to devote to fighting games so i usually just give up mm -hmm. and that's kind of what happened with dragon ball fighters mm -hmm. i really appreciate it but it's just you can like you get a sort of novelty like you're playing the anime and it feels really good 
and then after a while it's just like okay i'm done like because <laughs> if you don't have if you don't have the time to devote to becoming better then there's just no more point really because the single mm -hmm. player is not good <laughs> the single player yeah. is not very good so and uh there's not a whole lot else i like android 21 though yeah She's neat. I, mean, I, I like playing her. <laughs> the story yeah. around it is like, yeah. And the the, the worst part is that you don't get to play as Emperor Pilaf, so ruined forever. <laughs> what oh, do you man, mean? I don't get to be in the episodes. game. Well, I even have Goku Black in there. I think, yeah, I think there are like th three or four different Goku. The characters that you can As play. there should be. <laughs> there should be infinite have, uh, Gokus. There's like, do they there's have... like a base form Goku and like Super Saiyan Goku and like Super Saiyan Blue Goku and then Goku Black and I think Bardock who is literally looks just like Goku. <laughs> yeah. Because he's his dad. But, but <laughs> so. if you play it, all you'd have to do is pick Beerus and you win. I, well, at least in the logic of the show anyway. Oh my gosh, Michael, shut up. Uh, why, why do you talk like that? Well, actually, in the logic of the show, there's no way a Krillin should be able to defeat a Cell. Cell's power level is quite high. There's no way Krillin could do that. Only a Super Saiyan God can keep up with me. That's, that sounds like Beerus has one of those things Smokers uses. Oh, the voice box? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <coughs> That's Beerus coughing. Oh. Well, if Beerus coughed, he'd probably destroy a solar system. Anyways, uh, so that's that's Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Uh, let's see, what's, what's up next? Um, Monster Hunter World. Sure, go ahead and talk about Monster Hunter World. Take us away! Well, it was a game that came out uh, February or January or something. January at it the end of January. Early in the year. It was yeah. in January. It came out around the, like either the day before, after, or of Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Mm-hmm. I played significantly more World than I did Dragon Ball, and I loved my time with it. I think oh, how many how many hours did I put into that? Jeez, I think it was like <clears throat> near a hundred hours. Yeah. Wow. And that was like over the course of a month, and then I dropped it. But that was mostly like I can't say I didn't get my money's worth out of that, you know, <laughs> out yeah. of that deal. Mm. But it was it was most mostly because the game didn't really they didn't dole out content very frequently. If that yeah. makes sense, like it was a very slow burn of trickling out the content. And then after a while, you kind of realize that there just isn't as much variety as the previous games. After a while, it becomes hard to justify fighting the same things over and over again, especially because World in particular kind of uses a lot of similar monsters. Yeah. So it, after a while, the, the novelty of the new innovative systems kind of wear off and you just are like yeah i think i'm done but that comes after like 100 hours so i guess it's a For success in 10. that regard i only put in about 10 hours in the game i'm like you know what this is just it's it was too repetitive for me mm, that's yeah. completely fair i mean I, even, I, I, even I, king k's video i was talking about monster hunter as a feedback loop 
and how yeah. you know you're you're pretty much fighting monsters to get materials to make new weapons and armor to f so that you could fight new monsters and rinse and repeat. And I think the thing about it is that it would not work at all if fighting the monsters wasn't so damn fun in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't really have a lot of fun with the fighting the monsters, though, because, I mean, from my experience, anyway, it's like you're fighting a monster, it takes you out, and, you know, you have to, like, go grind to get more materials, to get the materials to build better armor so you can fight that monster, but then all of a sudden, that monster can pull out of a, an attack out of its ass that you could not see coming, wipes you out again, and then you just gotta keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. It just felt like as if I just kept throwing myself at a wall until eventually I overcame it. And then what was on the other side of that wall? It's another wall. You go, you overcome that and it's just, it's another one. And then you find another one. And just, I got no satisfaction out of it. And after a while, it just got old. I know for a lot of people, that's how they get their kicks. I know for a lot of people, that's the whole point of the game. And I'm not trying to take that away or say that it should change. It's just not for me. It's, I've tried getting into the series a number of times. This was probably the one that I put the most time in, and it's probably the best one that I've played in that regard, but it still couldn't win me over. And I really wanted to be won over by this one, but it just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. And well, I didn't play it. I think... <laughs> oh, that's a shame. I think it's a lot of fun. I agree with King K, yeah, though, it's... that after a while, because... Most of the new monsters that you encounter are variations of the same types of monsters. Like you have the slithering one, you have like a sort of velociraptor one, and then you have like a T-Rex one, and then you have the dragon ones. And there are very similar a lot of the time. And sometimes yeah. you're just fighting different colors of those monsters, which is fine. Uh, so it's the, it, the Batwa approach to enemy design to an extent it's a bit more yeah, developed kind of. than that but <laughs> I mean, they, yeah they get like new moves and stuff like, yeah it's it's like I think the problem with the world is that all the previous Monster Hunter games had like even at base had a wider variety to choose from like I think 4 Ultimate had like a serpent thing like and there was, I remember in 3, there's Bracadios, which is like a giant, it kind of looks like a dinosaur, but it has like, it looks like it has boxing gloves made of yeah. exploding slime. <laughs> and it's, I feel like World didn't have that kind of creativity because if, to be fair, it was trying to go for a more immersive approach, which it succeeded at doing, but it also kind of sacrificed some of the more unique monster designs. It's still fun, because Monster Hunter at its base is kind of hard for me to not like, because it's... It's hard... It's not, like, brutal in the same way that a Dark Souls would be, but it's... It's the right level of challenge as you scale up that it just be... Like, the fun becomes, I want to learn the monster's moveset, and I want to get the armor, because the armor looks really cool, <laughs> and I want to get a big new weapon and smack him in the head with it. So, yep. The the other thing I really enjoy is the existence of the huge worlds without any loading zones yeah. because it gives every map a sense of cohesion and um this this amazing like 
sometimes I don't even want to fight the monsters. I just want to run around in the world, like that coral world. I don't remember what yeah, it's that called. Yeah, really good. Yeah. No, I have not seen <coughs> anybody try to tackle that under the sea aesthetic. Other than like maybe Zora's Domain and Majora's Mask. Um, but there's something about that kind of aesthetic with coral and this brightly colored stuff. And like, it, it just looks so cool. Because it's grounded in our reality, but it's not something we see every day. Like trees or, well, we don't really see lava every day. But you know what I mean. There's not many worlds that will tackle just coral. Coral's so fucking cool. <clears throat> There's a coral level in Nino Kuni too, but I think we'll get to that. Yeah. We will. It's hip. Um, it's coral. Yeah. Now, worlds. Yeah, worlds a great iteration of a great series. It's a little janky, but all Monster Hunter games are janky. True. <laughs> for some reason. But now we yeah. get to February which has a few games that I've played looking at it. Um, I've played the Shadow of the Colossus remake. I played mm -hmm. um, Kingdom yeah, Come I Deliverance. Too. I played Owlborn. Shadow of the Colossus remake as my first time playing it. Mm -hmm. What did um, you think? I Actually, uh, I don't like it much. <laughs> <laughs> so, King K, do you not like it as a remake or as a game in general? Well, I don't know because I've never played it before that point. So okay, so this I, I, it's so you and I were in the same boat where this is our first time playing this game. Period. Yes. Okay. Uh, continue. I. It's. I don't get it like I think it was more impressive at the time because of the scale and I do like the scale of the fights like it's really cool that it's a like focused game in that it's just about fighting big bosses but there's it it's hard to explain but there, it feels like there's something missing from it like it's it maybe it was just overhyped but I got to the end and I'm like, is that all you do? Like, is that it? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. it doesn't help that there were a few colossi that were either just complete bullshit or I just didn't get it at first. And it felt really clunky and in, like unintuitive sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, Docs, you have played the original, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've played the PS2 version, the PS3 version, and now the PS4 version. Okay, so comparatively speaking, how would you rate the controls in the remake versus the original? Um, see, that's tricky because the hmm, I because here's my thing. I don't like how the PS3 controller feels in general. Yeah. Um, there's something about it that just feels really jank, and I don't know how to describe it. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm talking about with the PS3 controller? So uh, Yeah, I don't like it either, really. It's very, I mean, like, can... it, it's the same issue with the Wii U. It's very... It's a lot. It, it, it feels heavy, in a sense, I guess. And, yeah. um, 
The PS4 controller I really love. It's probably one of my favorite controllers out there. So I'm a bit biased with that. I really yeah. liked how it controlled in the remake. Um, uh -huh. um, the thing about the remake on the PS4 that I didn't like is... I don't know how to describe this method of remaking something, but they made Wanda, the protagonist, sort of feel like the Wind Waker HD problem I had with Toon Link, and that he looks very clay-like and not good. Like, uh -huh. everything in, in, in the remake feels very vibrant, and I wish they went for a little bit of a darker color palette, I think. Because mm -hmm. on the PS2, the visuals were limited quite a bit. I might be wrong in this, but I believe that because of rendering issues, they had to put mist a lot of the time when you looked around. I could be wrong, but... I kind of enjoyed that better about the PS2 version because it made the atmosphere more mysterious and you weren't just looking ahead and there was empty space. Yeah, it felt like the Titan could appear that. at any time because you couldn't see it coming. And yeah, I kind of like the PS2 aesthetic a bit more, to be honest with you. And also, I and I could be wrong again... I don't think they remastered the music of the PS4 version, did they? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let um, me check that, because I don't think they did, which is upsetting. Uh, yeah. I mean, was what did the original game have uh, orchestrated, fully orchestrated music? Um, let me see this. So it says, when it came to update the music while well, we were unable to redo every track, we wanted to add more depth to the opening and ending, so we increased the number of musicians and added more string instruments to the original recording. Okay, so it sounds like they so, did re-record some of it. So, they recorded some of it, but maybe not all of it? Okay. Well, I mean, it's... Uh, the I guess what I'm trying that... to get at here is... Uh, was Did the original game use sequenced audio, or did it actually have... Uh, did it actually you have like pre? Did they actually record a live orchestra and put that in the game to begin with? Um, I'm not sure. You, mm. I have not listened to this in a while, but I really wanted them to redo the entire soundtrack. Yeah. And like, sort of in the same audio quality as like. It still sounds fine, yeah. but I would have loved if they redid it, like, the the Crash remake or the Spyro remake. Uh-huh. I also think they definitely could have added another Titan or something. Yeah. It's just that I love Shadow of the Colossus quite a bit. Um, there's something about the ending of Shadow of the Colossus that's immensely satisfying. Um, and also just the whole thing... Of like this dude and this girl's asleep and he says that she's his lover or something and then you don't know whether or not to trust him and it's like I kind of enjoy that and also it's been said ad nauseum but I enjoy the fact that when you kill someone or a Titan rather you feel bad for doing it because 
You're acting under this dark force's will, and obviously killing the titans has some sort of negative repercussion. Um, I enjoy that. I think that's cool. Yeah. I like the game. I, I, see, here's the thing. I can appreciate all of it, but I just, like... It didn't hit me the way that I expected it to, because... I, I played the game blind in the sense that I didn't really know what the game was about other than you fought Colossi. Yeah. Colossi, I don't know. Is that the plural yes, of Colossus? Yes, that's the one. Okay, so you fight them, and i that's all I heard about it. And I'm like, okay, so I'm ready for that. <clears throat> and so all that, all the story stuff was, I didn't hear any, anybody talk about like their theories about it or like what it means. So I went into it fresh. And I have to be honest in saying that I didn't always feel bad killing them. I don't know if that's yeah. just a me thing, but like, I, I didn't really like, and maybe that's the point is that you're not supposed to expect that you're doing something bad until the end. But I like, it just kind of felt like a thing I was doing. And I was like, okay, now I go to the next one because they just point you to the next, like they point you from one Colossus to the next, right? So you're like, okay, it's like the, a task that you're doing. And so I'm like, okay, on to the next one. And s not all of them were great. In fact, a few of them, it took me like, there was one like really big one that's in like a stadium type place. Oh yeah. And it's like, you have to get him to hit a floor tile, right? and it'll push you up to the next floor. But I, like, I didn't understand at all where the telegraph is for that. Like, you just kind of have to stand somewhere and wait for him to do it. And it takes him a long time to do it. So I didn't know I was supposed to do that. So I was just kind of running around like, how the fuck do I get to the top? And like, cause obviously you're supposed to get to the top, go on the bridge and then jump on him. But mm -hmm. I don't know how to get into the top. And I was there, I'm not joking about this. I was there for like an hour before I figured out what I had to do. Cause I'm like, nope, I'm not gonna look it up. I'm just gonna figure it out. And it, the fact that you have to stand there and wait for him to walk to you and then like slowly push the tile so that he'll, you'll go up a like flight of things. And then the next thing that you have to do is wait for him to hit the fucking wall so that debris will fall down. I'm like, this is, some of the Colossi are exactly that kind of like, there is one specific way it has to be done and it is not always apparent. Yeah. And when you figure it out, you have that, you don't have that moment where you feel good. You have that moment where you feel like you've been tricked. Like, and it's it really frustrated me. And by the time I got to the end, I was like, okay, I just want to. I'm done. Like I don't care. Like it's. And some of them felt really good. There's one where you have to jump off of your horse onto the thing that's flying in the sky. I really like that one. But there were too few and far between. It. The problem is, I feel like games nowadays have done that kind of a scale before. Like I. Breath of the Wild does some similar things yeah, like that, that's, you know? That's, mm -hmm. and so, that's something I actually wanted to bring up, is that Breath of the Wild feels more like Shadow of the Colossus than a Zelda game. Like, just the wide open worlds where, like, you could pretty much 
go like I guess there there are some key differences like with like Kincaid said in Shadow of the Colossus you just go from Colossus to Colossus to Colossus the whole time whereas Breath of the Wild is more expansive and there are more things to do but like the atmosphere of it the art style the even the divine beasts kind of remind me of Colossi as well so I could and you know the horse comparison also applies so I could really see the influence of Shadow of the Colossus on Botwa well, in retrospect playing the remaster uh yeah, like I'm not hmm. blaming like basically what I'm saying is that it was probably a lot more impressive when it yes. came out in the PS2 yes. than now and that's why it didn't really hit me and that's why I don't really care about it like yeah because it's and I, I 100% agree with that. I can see how, because like the, the gaming landscape was different in 2005. It's not like there weren't artsy kind of games before that, but I f think that uh, Shadow of the Colossus was one of the first games like that to get like publication from like a major console manufacturer. Sony published it. It was an exclusive. They advertised it. They pushed it. It got good critical reviews at the time. People just hadn't seen anything like this before. <clears throat> and it had a ripple effect. And, you know, like, I, like we've been saying, you can see the echoes of Shadow of the Colossus in other games that came afterwards. Whether that be Breath of the Wild or even Shadow of the Colossus has... Or, sorry, Castlevania Lords of Shadow has uh, titans that you fight that play a lot like a Colossus. And, and worse... Uh, I don't know about that. I'd have I to would, play more of Shadow of the Colossus. So. Uh, but you only fought two of those, so it wasn't the entire game. Point is, it had yeah. a ripple effect. It was special at the time, but it's like playing it now if you weren't there at the time, I feel like. And just like hearing about how great it is and then sitting down to play it. And then when you really get down to brass tacks, you wander around an open world and fight giants. That, and that's the whole game and there's some mechanical challenge in that but the reason I brought up the control earlier Hadox is I was wondering if they made it worse in the remake because I you know try especially trying to climb around in the hair and like the third Colossus with the big sword like it, it just didn't seem to go in the direction I wanted him to go yeah I had problems with that a lot too it's just generally a problem that you encounter with Shadow of the Colossus, I think. Okay, so that that I don't remember encountering that too much as it. I don't. Rem, I don't know how to phrase this. I don't think the the amount I, I encountered the control hiccups hindered my enjoyment of the overall experience, though. Yeah. Uh. I don't know it. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a bad game or anything, but, you know, compared to, you know, it's like I was saying at the beginning, the pattern of 2017 for me was having these high expectations and then playing the game and being like, okay, this isn't exactly what I thought I was going to get. And that's kind of what Shadow of the Colossus was for me. I mean, I didn't even finish it because, I don't know, I guess Detroit came out at some point and then I dropped it. I don't remember. Um... But I got like five, five or six Colossi in, and uh, I don't know, I just really wasn't all that hooked with it. I, there was nothing about it that felt, you know, I mean, the story was fine for what it was, I guess. But there was nothing that 
made me feel like I, I should keep playing this. You know what I mean? It just felt like I'm fighting Colossi. That's the game. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, let's move on. Uh, Ryan, are you still there, friend? Hello. Uh, I noticed yeah. that you haven't had a chance to talk in a while. Uh, what's a game you played in 2018 that you'd like uh, to talk about? Are we still going in chronological order? Uh, we can. I just want to hear something that you played. Some that I played. All right. Uh. You know, uh, has anyone here played East Eight? The Lacrimosa no, of Donna. But I have a fr I have a friend who's very insane about those games. Because so. I've only I've only ever played this one. No, I played one of the PSP as well, but I don't remember which one that was. And I was not expecting this game to be what it was. It, it's the premise of the game is that you are on a ship, and then it eventually gets attacked by a sea serpent, and then you and everyone who's on the ship get stranded on this mysterious island. It, it reminds me a lot of, like, Lost, where it's like you're trying to figure out, like, you, for one, you're trying to survive. Two, you're trying to find more people to survive together, you know, to build a base, uh, to build, like, a little town to where you, you can all, like, exchange materials and get better equipment and everything like that. Uh, but you're also trying to figure out what exactly is going on in, like, within the island. Like, there's a story behind the island, like, why it's there. Uh, you know, there's people who lived there thousands and thousands of years before uh, you guys, I guess, accidentally stumbled upon it. Um, and you had to figure out what exactly went on, as well as trying to survive and trying to get enough materials to build a boat to get out of there. And it's a really interesting kind of game. It also kind of reminds me of a Metroidvania, because you have to... Like, there'll, there'll be points where it's like, oh, hey, look, here's a set of vines, but I don't have, you know, a means to climb the vines. Oh, hey, I found this, these pair of climbing gloves and a treasure chest a couple of uh, miles away. Let me go back up there, see what I find. Oh, hey, I found a, I found a, a castaway member. Oh, hey, here's a, uh, there's a thing over here, a path underwater, but I don't have a means to breathe underwater. Oh, hey. In this, uh, in this hidden temple, I found uh, a necklace that lets me breathe underwater. I can now go down there and see what they got. Oh, hey, they got a lot of rare materials down here. So, like, finding all of the, of the castaways, uh, exploring the island to its fullest potential is actually a lot of fun. And Exo, if you are a fan of Metroidvanias, you would, also, you would actually like this a lot. But you would also like it because it's also a... It's an incredibly fast action RPG. Interesting. It's like... It's like Kingdom Hearts, kind of, like, where it's, like, it's really jumpy, flashy, you're stringing combos and everything like that. Um, it doesn't have the same kind of combo system. Like, you have, like, little arts, so it's kind of also like a Tales of game in that regard as well. Um, and there's also multiple party members. They all have their own different play styles. And it's just, it's a really interesting game, has a really interesting premise, and has a really satisfying ending, provided you complete the game 100%. Mm -hmm. It's a really good game, so if y'all haven't played it, Y'all should. <laughs> if I remember right, it came out on the PS Vita in 2016, but it got ported to PS4 and Switch this year. Okay. Really good game. Yeah. Uh, right. So, yeah, I, I did not play that one, but it does sound very in interesting. Mm. Uh, it sounds a lot like uh, 2D Met Castlevania, Metroidvania. Uh, but it's in 3D! 3D! And with, and with, like, you know, full controls and everything, and you're not stuck to a side-scroller. Yeah. 
just again, like if you are going to play, go in with the mindset of this was a game on the PS Vita, so it's not going to look as great as it probably should for being a Switch game or a PS4 game. Mm -hmm. And it kind of dips <clears throat> a little bit when playing in handheld mode. But if you can get past that, you'll see that it's a really damn good game. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So the next big game that came out was Metal Gear Survive. And I no, no, you're you're missing one. Sorry, sorry. Hold on. Rewind. Rewind. YouTube rewind. Michael. No. Shut up. <laughs> the I want to talk about a game called Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um. Well, I can tell you one thing. This game did not make me come. That's Whoa. is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, it was very bad. See, this is to do with my high expectations when I see a medieval game where you go around and stab people. And because see, if, I if always anticipate in a, a medieval Conan type situation, he would be the evil wizard. Yeah, yeah, you're right though. I mean. The thing is, I always anticipate that any medieval setting is going to have grotesque violence where you can chop people's limbs off, execute them, do all sort of nasty shit. You know, you, you really have that would kind of be stuff. Negan in the, in the apocalypse. <laughs> I would. I told all my friends that I'm like, if there's a, a zombie apocalypse, I'm roasting you all alive and I'm surviving. Like, God. <laughs> Thanks, Adox. I'm sorry, but I would. I'm, I'm I glad would. that you're, you will be such I a would. loyal friend to us. Well, I mean, you know, man's gotta eat. Man's gotta have his steak, you know? Are you Anyways, gonna have that juicy to murdering meat? people with a little sword. What? <laughs> do you know about the feudal system? I do. Yes. And I'll tell you what. Kingdom Come Deliverance is a medieval setting where nothing fucking happens. It's so stupid. It's so, so not good. In other words, Kingdom no. Kingdom Come Deliverance did not deliver. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's definitely a video essay title that's been used. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, I expected it to be sort of Skyrim-esque, but to have, like more interesting combat in terms of just not swinging your sword and then getting hit and having no repercussions for melee combat or anything but it turns out like once again my dream has been foiled because I would love a game in which you know you stab somebody in the arm and then they can't use that arm anymore or you shoot somebody with a bow and arrow in the neck and then they like bleed out and like die they don't take multiple stab mm. wounds and everything. You know, um, for such a... No, I mean, like, if you have a game like that, let me be a brutal knight like it was. You know? <laughs> so I was disappointed because of that. You are surprisingly bloodthirsty. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I mean, in a, a video game, you know... Uh, Mm, yeah, I just, uh, everybody uh, hide your guns, hide your katanas <laughs> if you're gonna invite Hadox over, because who knows what will happen. I do want to say that there is a sex scene, Ooh! and there, there are deeply polygonized boobs, 
and they're the most disgusting things I've ever seen. I've seen some like a even lot of 3D hentai, and I can come, say that it's, it's not even that great. <laughs> yeah. Also, too, I hate it when, when like, it, it, it says you'll be affected by the crimes or whatever, but. Every every NPC has their own routine and you can do different shit for them and they're very non-linear. It's very reminiscent of Red Dead, I guess, but it's more non-linear. And like if you re people will report a crime and you'll be fined or whatever like a bounty system usually. But it's I just wish it were more. It has so much potential to be very nice and good. But it, it just, it wasn't, eh, I don't know. It's, it's got, it's hard to explain. Because. Yeah. There, it tries to go for realism. And I think it suffers because of that as well. Because, I, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, to be honest. So somebody stop me, please. All right. I don't okay, know where this train you, uh, is going. So talk about Detective Pikachu. Yeah. <gasps> where is that on this list? Who cares? That's in Let's March. Talk about it. Uh, that came out in March. Okay, so we actually skipped that one by accident, I think. Uh, no, actually, that would be probably the next thing I would want to talk about. Uh, yeah, we can skip Metal Gear Survive. We don't need to talk about it. It didn't happen. Okay, what about uh, Kirby <laughs> Star Allies? Do we, do we gotta go in oh, chronological yeah. order, though? Can't we just pass the bong and just talk about <laughs> shit? Well, Good idea, Ryan. Let's, let's just get Kirby Star Allies out of the way. Since that came out this yes, year. Yes, you know what, XO? Talk to me about this game. Because I've, I've had my eye on it. Uh -huh. And it looked pretty good. But I heard from people that it sucked. You're the Kirby it, guy. It doesn't suck. It's just... <laughs> it's okay. Uh, unremarkable. Let's, in my opinion, let's. I guess just brief history of Kirby then to kind of set this up. You have Kirby's uh, Dreamland, which was fun little Game Boy game that you can beat in an hour. It's cute. Kirby's Adventure comes out, expands the gameplay. Now you have copy abilities, and there are more levels and more bosses and all that good stuff. Good game. Uh, next, you have Kirby Superstar, which is one of the best games in the series. It introduced basically a fighting game kind of mechanics to the copy abilities, and it was super fun to play in all these different modes. Great game. Next, you have Kirby's Dream Land 3, and oh no, we're going back to Kirby's Adventure Basics with these copy abilities again, but this time they're animals, I guess. Eh, not that... it's okay. Next, you have Kirby 64. It was a little better. But it's still, you could combine the copy abilities, but it wasn't that, yeah, most of them weren't that useful. And again, you could only just do like one thing with each of them, and it's not that great. But the, you know, it still had great music and stuff. Um, and so then you have a bunch of handheld stuff like Amazing Mirror, which was pretty good Metroidvania uh, for Kirby. You had Squeak Squad, which was fine. Uh, and then you had the Superstar remake, which was like the first time we had that kind of copy build a gameplay back. Then we had the Wii game, Kirby's Return to Dream Lane, which is the best Kirby game in a very long time, in my opinion. Uh, and Epic Yarn was pretty good, one, too. Mr. Paradox Gamer, what about Kirby's Epic Yarn? I like Kirby's Epic Yarn as its own thing. 
Um, you know, it's 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 relaxing. It's like putting a warm blanket on when there's a snowstorm outside. That's what that game is like. It's, and I like it for that reason. But what was nice about Kirby's Return to Dreamland was that we had the Kirby Superstar power system back, copy ability system back again, and it had lots of levels. It had kind of a cool story. The graphics were great. The level design was pretty tight. Great game. Uh, then we had Triple Deluxe, which was even better. It introduced kind of like the forward and backward, you know, parts of the stage, and it had some really neat-looking level themes. Uh, like it was, it was set in like a beanstalk sky world, but in everything, even though it was kind of cliched, you know, like you have the volcanoes and the ice world and stuff, it looked really unique. There's some fun bosses in it. It had a pretty cool ending and a fantastic, fantastic music in these later Kirby games too, I gotta say. Uh, then came comes Plant Robot, which is the best Kirby game ever made. Full stop. Ooh. It is fucking fantastic. Solid level design, great copy abilities. I, all right. Great. I'm gonna need you to pause, Chief. Okay. Because I fundamentally disagree with you. Okay. Whoa. I I personally think Kirby's Epic Yarn is the best Kirby game. Okay, uh, I don't I don't have a problem with that. I like Kirby's Epic Yarn. Okay, all right. Well, a, a rare moment of disagreement in the Unversed <laughs> cast where we're able to set aside our differences <laughs> well, I mean, and it, say, it's like, hey. It's kind of like saying, you know, like how last time you were comparing Galaxy to Sunshine, you said that you liked them both for different reasons. That's yeah. pretty much what Epic Yarn versus Robobot is for me. It's like, I yeah, like Kirby yeah, Plant sure. Robobot because it takes the traditional Kirby gameplay and executes it in the best way I've seen out of all the of games course. in the series. Whereas I like Epic Yarn because it's something completely different. It's relaxing. It's It mm -hmm. looks really cute. It, and like I said, it gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling in, in your heart. And I have a cold husk of a heart so that, that's difficult <laughs> and it has i love the music in that game too so it's like if, if kirby's epic yarn is your favorite i i can totally understand why but yeah so plant robobot was great had a great story it had very unique aesthetics the robobot uh, armor was really fun to play with the final boss was fucking amazing Okay, so that's that's what all the Kirby games have been up to this point. And then next comes Kirby Star Allies, and that's the first uh, Kirby game on a console since the Wii one. And it's on top of that, it's the first HD Kirby. Yeah. Game. So the expectations were high for this one. It's like, okay, this this is gonna be great. They're gonna bring back helpers from Kirby Superstar. Um, we got this weird kind of new plot with aliens again, which is kind of played out in Kirby by this point. But it's just like you know they kind of done everything. So it's like fine. Um, and then you play it, it has good level design, the powers are still as fun to use as ever. Um, it's fun to play with friends, that's the ideal way to play the game. And you can still have like, uh, AI people help you out as well. You can mix and match the powers in ways that are actually pretty interesting, like uh, if you have one character who has the water copy ability and then if you shoot ice through that, it makes like ice spears that come out. There are lots of cool things you can do. You can upgrade, uh, you can add like elements to weapon copy abilities. Like if you have the spear copy ability and you have a friend who's like a sparky who adds electricity to that, you can upgrade it and now it does more damage against bosses and stuff. So there were some fun ideas there. Um, the music is pretty good as always. The problem with Star Allies is that it feels like half of a game. 
It doesn't it doesn't feel nearly as long as the last few games in the series. It, it, it's okay. the game is really weird, like the way that it's structured. It's like because it, it's like at this point we've had kind of the Kirby's Dreamland formula. We've had the Kirby Superstar formula where it's like several different sub games. We've had the Kirby's Adventure formula where it's like one long trek around Dreamland. And then we've had the Kirby 64 Milky Way Wishes formula where it's like you go from planet to planet. So what they did with Kirby Star Allies is instead of doing something new, they kind of put all of those in there. Like the first world is just Dreamland and it plays like Dynablade. Uh, the second world looks just like uh, Kirby's Dreamland 3 or the Wii one, where you're like looking down at Planet Popstar and there are several levels across the world. Then you finish that and you go to another world. And then after that, you go to a Milky Way Wishes Kirby 64 looking world. There are only four worlds in the game. And there are maybe like 20 levels. I don't know exactly, but if, that was kind of the problem for me was that it just didn't seem to pick up until like halfway through and then by then the game feels like it's almost over and there's there's more content in it than you think just by looking at it but it was just like i was in i was having a lot of fun with it until i realized that oh i'm almost done with this already and then the final boss was just kind of weird it, it was it was no game, i'll say that much uh because I know there's DLC, Spoiler. but I don't know if it has like any DLC levels. I know there's DLC characters, yeah, which are from the other games. There's DLC are, levels. Are there DLC what levels? Happened? Yeah, there are. I believe so. Okay, so maybe it's time for me to pop think, the game back in again. But it's just. I uh, think I've seen people play it. I could be wrong though. I think Vinny Vinny was playing it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like too long didn't read. It's a good game, and I'll. Kincaid can jump in in a second here but it was like when I picked up Planet Robot it was a game like if you go a few inverse casts back I was like alright this looks kind of interesting but I feel like Kirby's kind of played out then I played it and I'm like this is the best Kirby game I've ever played in my life and you know I played through the meta nightmare mode right away I, I beat the true arena and everything and I was just like this was great then I played through Stour Allies once, and it was just kind of like I beat the game, and that was kind of it, you know. So it's not bad. It's pretty good, I guess, but it's you know compared to the last couple games, where it just seemed to consistently get better and better. Eh, you know, it feels like kind of a, dis a disappointment, a bit of a letdown. Maybe more of the same. Not even that. Uh, it's it's more like I feel like there needed to be like two more worlds in this game and okay. that the plot didn't need to take so long to get started it's I know so so King K uh, I interrupted you earlier uh, so the last Kirby game that I've played was Triple Deluxe which was pretty great so um, and then I don't really know why I let Robobot slip past me. I guess I just... I guess at that point I was done with my 3DS, I gotta be honest. So, um... I guess I just kind of forgot, and then... I, I played Star Allies because I'm like, why not? It's on the Switch. I want to play my Switch because I like the Switch. So, here's... 
here's what I'll say. <clears throat> have, have you ever played a game where it felt like it didn't have a soul? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I that is that is what I was going to say, King K. You you you're gonna explain this better than I ever could. It's like it works and it on a base level I I guess it's fun, but like it it left almost like I beat the game, for God's sake. I beat it hundred percent. It left almost zero impression on me. I barely even remember what was in it. Like Yeah. It felt like I was going through the motions the entire time. Oof, which is I weird. know what that's like. With, and um, with another game that's um that that we were thinking about talking about today, but you know. <clears throat> Excellent. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> Don't you worry. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. That's that's kind of why, even though Star Allies has so much DLC, I'm like, I don't want to go back because I don't. There was <clears> nothing <throat> there that I really want to go back to, you know? Yeah. Like, it's. It, I guess because I played it by myself, maybe if I'd played it with friends, it'd be more engaging. Yeah. But. Yeah, I definitely recommend playing this game with friends. I think. I, you also, know what? I think actually part of the problem is that. The AI is so good that it almost kind of feels like you're you get pushed through it when, mm. when you're on your own. That's a good point. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, they kind of they kind of have to make the AI really good if you're playing by yourself, or else the game is hard. It won't function if you're if the AI is dumb. Yeah. Because it's based around the, it. The problem there is that oh. you can just sit back and let the AI do all the work, yeah. or at least a lot of the work. Which is why it's more fun to play with friends, is the, I guess the point. Which is what the game was built around, to be fair. Uh, but, yeah. you know, it, it is what does it, it is. Does it have online? I, uh, no, I it doesn't know. have online. No, it does, it does no. not. <laughs> you, know you, we're do, you know the company we're dealing with, Ryan? Yeah. Well, excuse me if I wanted a company that I'm, <laughs> that I'm fond of to improve, but I guess not. No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, I also want them to, to as well, but I, I'm done yeah. expecting that. <laughs> you may be done expecting it, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't demand it, because we should. Oh, okay. I do, but they don't listen to me. Yeah, Wait, I wanna, people I want Isaac there. and Smash Brothers? We had no <laughs> idea! Costume. Here, here, play around with Joker. Who's been in like two Nintendo games? One Nintendo right, game. Fuck off, Joker. Fuck you. No, you will be don't exiled. Rate no, let's just, Let me be no, happy. We're not shooting on Joker. We're gonna shoot on Piranha Plant. Fuck Piranha Plant. No, no, fuck you. I will. Piranha Plant. <laughs> I'm not shitting on. I'm not shitting on Joker. Great for Persona fans. I'm shitting on Nintendo. <laughs> For not including Golden Sun. <laughs> and I, the thing is, is I'm not even as big of a Golden Sun fan as Ryan is. Then why do you care, huh? I don't know! I find it really annoying that they didn't put Isaac in the game. Maybe it's because I've been hearing maybe Ryan will request be it for so long, and they still haven't done it. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Why haven't they listened but it really to annoys my friend? I mean, honestly, it's just, I think it's cool to have Isaac as an assist, because, I mean, honestly, like, he has a new render. He Like, this is the first time we've seen Isaac in HD. I don't think we've seen anything Golden Sun related in HD. And it's really cool that he's in there, he has new animations and everything like that. He's got a pretty good look at me costume, there's a bunch of spirits in the game. 
brought back some music from the other Smash games. That's all well and good. I don't got a problem with any of that. I'm happy to have it. The problem no, isn't Isaac that- Isaac killed me the other day. The, the problem isn't that Isaac isn't a playable character. The problem is who else is? And that's Piranha Plant and no. Cinnaroar. Who else? No. No. I'm putting my foot down, Ryan. Put it because down. <laughs> Piranha Plant are, are is sick. Are we getting sick. into Smash right now? Is that what's happening? I guess no, we are. Wait, no, I don't uh, want to yet. I don't want to go into this paradigm shift. This is too big a topic for this shift. video, I feel like. <laughs> we could, and I haven't even played the game, so... <laughs> and I haven't even played the game. Well, you're not missing much, Ryan. <laughs> oh, man. No, Ryan, was, oh. Ryan broke down and bought it anyway. Even though he promised yeah. himself he wouldn't. Yeah. But then I Joker wanna, was just like, oh hey, look at me, I'm gonna be a Smash Brothers. I'm like, fuck! Before we move on to that, can I talk about my game of the year, which came out in March? Well, we have... I mean, uh, we, don't, we don't have to go that... Yeah, we, well, I guess if it comes out in March... Yeah, why don't we yeah. save our like, game of the year picks for How about last? we don't talk about Smash, actually? <laughs> yes. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's save Smash for another podcast. You... Do we not yeah, want to talk about the game of the year? I don't think Smash is our game of the year for any of us. Yeah. No. It's not even on my fucking list. <laughs> oh shit. That's surprising. I, okay, wait. I love it though. I really do like it. I like it too. I like it more than I thought no, it would. No, don't, let's okay. We we need to save that. I have yeah. a feeling we might need to do like I that the pace that we're going, I dropped my phone, goddammit. At the pace we're going, I don't know if can we get through all of these damn games. I think let's so. Let's talk about the ones that we enjoyed the most. Okay. Yeah, or that some would of the be more good. significant ones. We well, don't have to go down every single. Why don't list. we talk about Detective Pikachu real quick? No, 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 no. I want to talk about a game. Uh, the, my game of the year. Sure. Fine. All right. <laughs> Did y'all play Far Cry Five? <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. Far Cry Five is my 2018 game of the year. No uh -huh. joke. Okay. Yes. Let me explain. Because uh, this is my favorite game I've played in a long time, and I, whew, this feels like I, I'm like coming out of the closet or something. I'm like very nervous. My hey, dad's I, like, I, I, I have a question. Is it better yeah. than Undertale? Mm. <laughs> uh, what a question. <laughs> See, I, I I always feel remiss to mention that I'm a Far Cry fan because that feels very anti-gamer, you know? Well, you don't even like the term gamer. Gamers yeah, rise up. Here's How the, do you here's do, fellow gamers? Um, I, I think Far Cry 5 got a lot of political vitriol just by the nature that it was in America. So there was a lot of, like controversy around the game when it came out and there was a lot of controversy specifically about the ending and um mm. I, I mean they spoiled this at the game awards but spoiler I guess um the bad guys win either way in Far Cry 5 which initially I was like oh that's interesting no matter what you do you will lose <laughs> isn't that funny yeah, gee, um, it reminds me of a movie that came out last year that Hadox that? didn't like. Oh, The Last Jedi? Yes. Oh my gosh. Ooh. Whoa, <laughs> you just threw that one. I'm not going to talk about The Last <laughs> you Jedi. You just threw that one into his face, huh? Holy shit. No, okay. 
Far Cry 5 <laughs> is the dumbest game I've ever played. Uh -huh. It's so stupid. I love it so much. It's like, the plot is so bad. <laughs> it has three, three re relatives like squabbling over the land and they've divided it. And there's this drug called the Bliss, which the, the cult is planning to use to like, indoctrinate people and make them subservient to John Seed, the main bad guy, but like, every- it- it- it makes no sense, because you're- you have this team of expendable people that nobody cares about, and they're just getting picked off left and right. It's hilarious. Like, a guy will die in the chest, and he'll, like, get stabbed or some shit, and then I'll take off a so I'll, like, take out my sawed-off shotgun and shoot him in the head to make sure he's dead when I'm playing the game again. Because it's so funny to me that they've died so early. Um, <laughs> also, I should note, I played the game entirely in co-op, so oh. me and a friend were just bumbling through Far Cry 5 and just doing dumb shit, and it was so much fun. Also, uh, something I want to mention is that the soundtrack of this game is surprisingly very, 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 very good. Um, I was legitimately surprised that the Game Awards didn't nominate it for Best Soundtrack, because it has this really nice choral aesthetic that's genuinely really good. <laughs> oh, I'm bringing it back. It's choral! There's this... There's this song called Let the Water Wash Away Your Sins, and it's like this beautiful song about like moving on and letting the water wash away all your blemishes. And it's it's in such a terrible game, to be honest with you. It's such a <laughs> dumb ass game. And it's like let the water wash away my your game. sins. My my game of the let year the is a fucking wash piece away of your shit. Sins. It's so, and like the, the, it's so dumb. There's so many glitches in this game that I've captured. Like my friend and I will be flying on a plane and he'll get out, stand on the wing and then hit me with a bat and the co-pilot. I'll fall out of the plane into the earth and he'll take the plane, go down and try to catch me. And then he'll catch me and the whole plane will explode. And it's sick. It's so bad. Also, there's this fucking bear named Cheeseburger. And Cheeseburger has the worst AI ever. He'll just knock over shit all the fucking time. Like this, this game sounds a like car. a parody of Far Cry. It does. It's, it's like, the, there's no resolution <laughs> to this game. The plot is like extremely nonsensically not good. <laughs> like uh, the faith the main person who has the bliss is there's this song called oh the bliss and they're essentially singing about how they want faith to take them away which she just shows up randomly and sometimes if you're hunting a bear you'll shoot it with an arrow and it will turn into a deer for some reason or if you like <laughs> shoot a guy he'll turn into like a honey badger and what? it's so hog wild. This it's this, so weird. This sounds like Little Red Hood. Like y you hit <clears throat> this animal and it turns into another animal. It sounds like some kind of weird NES game. Yeah, and also they removed all the radio towers, which is kind of neat. But you know, 
you can still run around with bats and like launch people in the air. There's this famous glitch where you can drive the helicopter into this van, shut the door, and then this homunculus <laughs> little being is it, that is, is now voiced by a Charles merged helicopter. What? <laughs> there's there's this game called something of Shadow of Destiny, I think it's called. It came out in like 2001, and it's like a walking simulator. And there is a homunculus in that game that is voiced by Charles Martinet. Dude, I've watched a playthrough of that game. That oh game gosh. is hilarious. I, <laughs> I love is that, that, is game. that the game that involves time yes. travel? But like the guy, yes. like, he cuts down a tree or something like that to find a killer. Yeah, the, the, the reason why that game is funny is because there are problems that come up and the way that the main character solves them are the most roundabout ways that like... <laughs> But the game plays it as if it's like, oh, this is the completely obvious next step that you take. Like, in some of the ways, <laughs> the guy will like because like the you know, like <laughs> the idea is that the main character is stuck in a time loop and is just trying to prevent getting killed by a mysterious killer. Yeah. And the reveal for who the killer is is like the stupidest thing in the world. You mean Happy Death Day? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and there's like a part where the main character dies because a flower pot falls on his head, like a fucking Looney Tunes episode. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> well, there's, the, there's stuff like he'll try to avoid something by like cutting down, like you said, cutting down a tree or like destroying something like rather than take the sensible approach you know like and it's hilarious because the character plays it straight the entire time yeah and I don't all know. i'm saying called, uh, is that you need to play far cry 5 preferably with a friend and you'll have a, a a fucking amazing time there's a shovel launcher and you can launch shovels out of an rpg and like <laughs> You, you can also just like do this terror like it's so it's so wacky it's such a mess but i love it i love it so much the co-op was unbelievably fun and um i don't know i i i i like transposed a lot of the music and i created a little melody for this chorus that i have in my possession in my little pocket, you know, <laughs> keep them there, keep them warm. Uh, the little pocket right between my ass. Anyways, um, yeah, that's Bill. Far Cry Five. Highly recommended. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. What do you have to say, Michael? Uh, I, I, what I was saying is that it's time to talk about <laughs> Detective Pikachu for the Nintendo 3DS, uh, which was a game I got on a whim. I remember us talking about this. And some of the pot, like the last, whatever we last did a direct, an episode on a direct, and Detective Pikachu was in there. It's like, you know what? That looks interesting. I'll I'll go play that. So I bought it and I played it, and it was pretty good. Um, no, yeah, it was for what it was. It was cute. And the live action movie is a complete betrayal of the game. Uh, you think so? Well, tonally, and artistically in pretty much every way the two things are I cut the only thing that they have in common is that the main human character is searching for his missing dad and he gets help from a Pikachu to do it that's it they changed mm -hmm. the race of the kid in the movie Ryan Reynolds sounds nothing like the voice actor they got for the game 
it's like come on at least get he's, uh he's... what's danny devito like people want or why not just get the same actor for yeah. the game that's what i don't understand it just it it comes off as like deadpool yes. voicing the pikachu and it and i think at that point it's just because ryan reynolds is is deadpool the fact that also deadpool 2 came out this year as well yeah it's just i don't know like i'm not really a fan of the casting choices but and then there's even, the fact like, i don't agree with a lot of it but it looks like a fine movie but it, it looks like avenue q is what it looks like oh my god it looks like you're right it looks <laughs> you're fucking right there is a movie that, is, that was advertised this year that has like melissa mccarthy teaming up with the puppet to solve murder mysteries in sesame yeah. street that uh -huh. when i saw the detective pikachu trailer i was like this looks like oh the melissa gosh. mccarthy movie it's the same thing fuck. where you take things that are wholesome <laughs> You know, like you, you, when you think of Pokemon, you think of friendship and I'll treasure you forever, Pikachu. And then you watch the Detective Pikachu trailer and it's just like, hi, I'm Ryan Reynolds playing a Pikachu. Uh, dick jokes. Uh, <laughs> here's a uh, here's a Mr. Mime telling me to shove it up my ass. That's what it looks like. It looks like and then you do. <laughs> that you, boo -boo? <laughs> we got to go steal that picnic basket. If anything, it'll be weirder trying to imagine Ryan Reynolds holding himself back, <laughs> like because it's a kid's like, film. He doesn't get to kidnap so like, Fred Savage for this movie. Yeah, true. It's a it's a really Ryan Reynolds is such a weird case where he Deadpool. I've never seen a character that is literally him. <laughs> Like in the comics, Deadpool has referenced himself as looking like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> like, yeah, that is that is a bizarre. Like I've never seen that happen before. So it it almost feels like casting him, especially as fucking Pikachu. Like what the fuck? Like I what? I think they okay. needed Pikachu to sound really gruff. They needed him to have like. <laughs> Hey, how we doing? I'm the trash I'm man. The I live in the trash. That's kind of what he sounds like in the actual game, though. Yeah. <laughs> like in the game, he kind of has like the "Hey, I'm walking here" kind of voice. <laughs> well, Tim, we gotta I'm figure the out the man. mystery of where the, the where man. the missing luggage was. Start eating garbage. Eating garbage. <laughs> so, Tim, what clues I'm do we have? Spider. How do we solve this mystery? No, I don't think that's right. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. They needed him to sound like Plankton, like, Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, murdered her! Is that you, President hey, Tim, Obama? that's the kid who stole your ice cream cone! <laughs> let him know it's yours! That's my ice cream cone! Yes! Now let him have it! You can have it! <laughs> so, Detective Pikachu, uh, Ryan, you described it as uh, Ace Attorney, Baby's first Ace Attorney? I'd say so, yeah. Uh, I've never played Ace Attorney before, so I don't know what it's like, but... You should. But basically <laughs> how it works is there are these different chapters, and it takes place in this different part of this city where people and Pokemon live together. There are, there are all these little mysteries uh, that you have to solve. You have to go collect clues and interview witnesses, and they really did a good job incorporating... Um, unique things about the different Pokemon into the mysteries. Like, uh, mm -hmm. for example, the fact that... God, what the hell is that one called? 
they're Burmy, I think they're called. They, they they like hang from the trees like cocoons, and they have like leaves around them. Yeah. In the they incorporated into the mystery the different types of cloaks that the Burmy can have. Like they have the uh, the leaf cloak, oh. the cotton candy cloak, and the sand cloak. You know what I mean? And they incorporated that mm, into the yes. mystery. So you've got to look at that and use that to figure out what happened. Um, some of them actually have pretty good twists in them that I didn't see coming. Uh, the voice acting is pretty good, especially for a 3DS game. Like, the cutscenes run at like 20 FPS, but whatever. Um, like, the presentation is really strong. And, um... It's like, what else to even say about it? Like, I thought the, the mysteries were clever. Well, I, thought the, I enjoyed collecting the... The art direction was pretty good, too. Huh? The art direction was pretty yeah. good, too. It looked like something out of... I mean, can we just, like... Like, does... Uh, what's... I don't even remember her name. The the female lead with the red hair. Doesn't yeah. she look like Ariel? She kind of does, like, yeah. Almost note for note Ariel. It has like that kind of um, Disney Renaissance art, um, kind of art style. Mixed in with Pokemon. And actually works surprisingly well. Surprisingly well. That. Amelia, that was her name. They had... The, oh, hmm. God, I can't remember which character it was. Uh, there There's some fairy tale alumni in this game. Um, like... Like a uh, Wallace, his is was his name. He's from like chapter three, where you go to the research institute, and he like changes the codes. He's voiced by Todd Habercorn, and I want to say that the reporter girl who takes the pictures was voiced by Shirley Lay. Uh, God, where's the list of characters? I'm trying to find the one. Okay. Uh, damn it. Anyways, um, I thought yeah, I thought the game was really good. Uh, for what it was, and you know, considering that uh, Pokemon, I lost my interest in Pokemon a long time ago. I thought this game did a really good job in uh, both in being a Pokemon spin-off and being a detective game, and like using the world of Pokemon to its advantage and crafting the mysteries and stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for what it Absolutely. was, it was pretty good. I agree with you there. Yep. You know, speaking of losing interest in Pokemon. Can we talk about Let's Go? Ooh, you just triggered some some of our some of our commenters, yeah. Ryan. Well, well, but here's the thing, because it's I mean, actually great. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like, like I played Sun and Moon, didn't pause, like them at on, all. Pause for played a second. Ultra pause. Sun, Ultra Moon. Go ahead. Can you pause? Can I can I interject for one moment, Ryan? This interject. is really mean, but I have to interject. <laughs> Go right ahead. I, I got thick skin, boy. Oh, I could take it. Are you going to say it dumbed down the Pokemon formula? Ooh. Is that what you said? That it dumbed down the Pokemon formula? No. Are you going to say that it dumbed down the Pokemon formula? Am I going to say it? Are you going to say it? No. Okay. All right. Continue. What I was <laughs> what I was saying <laughs> was that you no. Know, so far with what we got from Gen 7 with uh, Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, I did not like it. I do not like those games at all. I do not get any enjoyment out of them. And I thought I, like I thought it, that I thought that Let's Go would be I thought it would be a watered down game. But it's actually I mean maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not a Pokemon expert. But for what it is, I thought it was pretty cute. And I thought it was a really good game. I liked it. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> Slap that on the back of the box. <laughs> I like it. It's like even like my sister is probably one of the most diehard Pokemon fanatics that I know, and she was 
ragging on Let's Go ever since it was announced saying how, how stupid it looked and how it's a stupid, dumb baby game and blah, 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 blah. She played it. She comes up to me and goes, Ryan, I hate myself. Why? I think I love this game. So it's like, I think if people give this game a fair, a fair chance, you can actually see that it's not as bad as it looks. <laughs> it's not as bad as you think it's It's not be. as it's terrible as you think it's going to be. <laughs> but it's not even terrible, though. It's, it's good. It's like, this is the definitive way to play Kanto. I like it more than Fire Red. I like it more. I like it way more than Gen 1 well, yeah. as a whole. Amen. A fucking men. You know, it's it's actually <laughs> kind of expansive in, in the way how you can actually explore. In, oh, amen. Uh, King, King K brought this yeah. up where it's like since they got rid of HMs and you got these new power moves, you can now get to like later parts of the game a lot earlier than you should be able to be. It's just like exploring yes, the region is a lot can. of fun. Let's let's you can before even okay, here's how I did it. You can go to Fuchsia City and get Surf without fighting um Koga. Yeah. Cause they don't lock those moves behind gyms. So if you wanted to, you could like straight off once you get Surf. Before even fighting Koga or Sabrina, you can sail off to Cinnabar Island and fight Blaine if you yeah. want. And that's what I did. And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And it's like coming off of Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and, you know, to that extension, where the entire game feels railroaded and bogged down with all the cutscenes and everything like that, and how it holds your hand, and you come over here and it's way more open-ended. It was like drinking, like, the most refreshing glass of wine you had ever had. <laughs> Well, comparing this game to a glass of fine wine is a bit of a stretch, but you know what I mean. Like, it was really refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was good. I'll agree. I, um, I, everybody knows about the, the collaboration with Michael that we are doing. That has taken months. And <laughs> it, it, it is no secret that I despise Gen 1 with an undying passion. Um, if you think you liked it, you're I, wrong. Michael, That's what he says in the... In the script <laughs> about about the about the about the competitive meta. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I cheated when I played Red because Michael forced me to play Red, and I was like, "Fuck that shit! I'm not doing any of this. I'm not grinding. This is boring as fuck." And then I played Fire Red. I'm like, "Oh, this is uh, this is fine. It's, I it's just better. don't want to play this. Yeah, I don't want to play it." <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it's Gen just like I never have felt strongly just compelled to put a game down and never play it. And I did for three months. <laughs> and it, Meanwhile, I, I did it's like two playthroughs of Gen 1. I, I was did, on your own volition, my friend. I did friend. blue and yellow, and I fought all the trainers in blue. All yeah, of them. you sick bastard. You're more of a masochist than I am. <laughs> well, I would call you a machamp okist. Oh, you, is that the funny running joke you're having now? Yeah, because, I, I said that wait, like a two times. A, wait, you should have said a machokist. <laughs> Yo, I'm writing that down. That's a good one. <laughs> Machoke me out, daddy. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, I have about played Let's Go yet. My family's heavily hinting that I'm getting it for Christmas, so I can't go out. Aww. You would like it. That's so wholesome. You would like it. 
I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's, it's a, pretty great. It's a I mean like good game. Obviously there's the things where you're like you need to have a yeah. type that is good against Brock, or I'm not gonna let you win. Mm-hmm. And then there's one where like you have to catch fifty Pokemon, but yeah. I had already caught that many because the game incentivizes catching. Uh, as opposed to the previous games where you just get a team that you want and you never catch anything ever again. Go watch <laughs> King K's video about the lost arc. Of the lost the, arc. The lost arc. <laughs> the arc of the, of the uh, Arcanine. There you go. The lost arc. <laughs> so, yeah. Make that. To make the video about the, the Ark of the Covenant, King K, you're legally obligated to now. So, uh, Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom. Did any- Wait, hold on. Can we're, we, we're not talking about we, that one yet. We're, I'm saving that one for last. Can we also uh, take a break for now? Yeah. It's been a while, and I have to pee and write my essay. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that's that's all for now, folks. We we got we got to come back and do this more later. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> you're going to like some shit you really do not want to go to. <laughs> Well, in this case, it's you. You have to basically take a shit. Okay. All right. Well, on the next time, I will. My bowels will be empty. See you guys then. For a video version of the podcast, please visit our YouTube channel at https colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com slash c slash inversecast. The music used in this podcast is as follows. Aces High, Airport Lounge, Apro Hour, Awesome Call, Bosa Antigua, Chucky the Construction Worker, Continue Life, Cool Vibes, Crinoline Dreams, Deuces, Dirt Roads, Dispersion Relation, Disquiet, District 4, Eternity, Funky Chunk, Hepcats, Hard Boiled, Honey Bee, in your arms, intractable, jazz brunch, leopard print elevator, lightless dawn, lobby time, loping sting, Matt's blues, mining by moonlight, no good layabout, novel noel, porch blues, procession of the king, samba isobel, shades of spring, sidewalk shade dash slower, the curtain rises, water droplets on the river, and white. All of these tracks were composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and are licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can find this license at http colon forward slash forward slash creative commons org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 3.0 forward slash this episode was edited by exo paradigm gamer who you can check out on youtube at https colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com forward slash user forward slash exo paradigm gamer feel free to check out our solo efforts on youtube and twitter by visiting our official soundcloud profile and clicking on the external links thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day